Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today we're discussing season one, episode 13 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Children of the Damned. That's an interesting title, thinking about the episode. It is. We see a lot of old school parents. Well, yeah. And, you know, the children, the damned, who is who? The children of the damned, who is who? (laughs) So I'm going to read the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki, as always. In flashbacks, Stefan and Damon recall the long-ago actions taken by townspeople, including their father, Giuseppe Salvatore, and Pearl, leading to the devastating events that caused the rift in their relationship. In the present, Bonnie's date with Ben takes a frightening turn. Elena helps Stefan as he and Damon race to find the missing journal that belonged to Elena's ancestor. Stefan learns the reason behind Alaric's interest in both the journal and the town's history. Damon discovers that an old acquaintance has returned to town with an agenda he understands. Yeah, lots of good information. The first note I took for this whole episode that I just wrote down the name Giuseppe, you know, just loving that for for Mr. Salvatore. They're Italian. Yeah. And they and they made sure we knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they picked the most obvious Italian name they could. We opened the episode in 1864. Woo! There's a carriage. It's going down the road. And there's a couple in the street and a woman runs up to the carriage and she's like, please, please, my husband. This woman could not more clearly be Catherine. I mean, even before we see her. Oh, yeah. And the woman indeed is Catherine. The men are chumps. They immediately fall for Catherine's charm, as apparently every man in the world does. And she kills them pretty quickly. (laughs) They don't have a lot of time to appreciate their lives, their last moments. And she doesn't really do as much of the hunt thing as like Damon does. She just says, bite, bite. Okay. Well, the hunt is luring them to stop with a fake accident. I guess that's true. It just seems awful easy. (laughs) Maybe it's just these two are dummies. It's probably easier to trap people if you're a young, hot woman than if you're a man. Yeah. So she's like, well, I'll keep doing that. It works. Hey, easy pickings. So she kills them and then she goes over to the man lying in the road and we find out it's Damon. She's kind of like teaching Damon how to hunt because she's made it clear to him she's going to turn him into a vampire and he knows it. Yeah, and he wants her to. Yeah, he seems like kind of scared by the whole thing, but, you know, obviously he loves her, he wants to be turned. And she's like, oh, kiss me. Even though she's got blood all over her mouth. And he's like, um, <laughs> and she's like, soon you won't be able to get enough. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like a sweet, precious baby here. He's like still a little scared, still a little hesitant. He's not this like powerful, self-confident guy we've come to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense that he has this connection to Catherine and this attachment to her that it seems like she really informed a lot of his personality post-vampire turning. Exactly. Even though canonically he was 25 when she turned him and Stefan was 17. But I guess he was sheltered. It was 1864. Yeah, I didn't know his age, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah, he seems very young and sheltered and Catherine really opened up this new world for him. Whereas it doesn't seem like that really happened the same way for Stefan. So it's interesting and makes Damon's attachment make more sense. What are they? Two different characters with differing experiences? (laughs) So after Catherine kills the men, Damon's like, what are we going to do with the bodies? And she's like, oh, the other animals will finish them off. And man, it must be so hard to be a vampire. And then (laughs) DNA evidence gets discovered. 
and you're like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I have to deal with this now. Like, I can't just leave a body somewhere and get away with it. Or like when there weren't cars and you could just be like, okay, I'll just do my quick little run into the woods, drop them off, run on back. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, when life was simpler, when you like didn't have to cover your tracks as much because if someone found a dead body in the woods, they were just like, oh, well. It's like creepy. Guess it was an animal attack. Time to go. So they end up making out, of course, with the blood on her face. It all works out for them. They're in the they're in the high of their lives. And then we cut to present day. And speaking of the high of their lives, Elena wakes up with Stefan in his bed. You know, they're kind of cuddling. It's pretty romantic. And then Damon's there. Damon says, hey, guys. <laughs> and they're like, you know, mad that he's there. And he says, if I see something I haven't seen before, I'll throw a dollar at it. Great line. <laughs> I'm going to be adopting that. And he's like, okay, so uh, since we're all working together now, I'm here to talk about opening the tomb. He's like, I need the Jonathan Gilbert journal. And Elena Gilbert, you're on journal duty. And she's like, okay, whatever. I am tired. I'm in my lacy camisole. Yeah, it seems like a very fair job for her. And I love that Damon comes in. He's like, okay, you guys had enough relaxing time. It's tomb time, baby. Let's go. Yeah, he said, I've waited long enough. You have a girlfriend. I want a girlfriend. Yeah, he's like, I want my own Nina Dobrev. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, what we're really looking for right now is Emily's grimoire. And Elena's like, oh, it's a grimoire. And Damon basically calls it a witch's cookbook. Stefan explains, like, basically a collection of every spell a witch casts. And Damon reiterates, yeah, it's similar to a cookbook. Damon's like, yeah, that's what I just fucking said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, they explain it. And then they're talking about the mystery vampire in town. They know there's another vampire in town who they're calling Dimwit, we know is Noah, (laughs) who tragically died, but they're calling him Dimwit. I think Dimwit's a fair name for him. So they're saying whoever was working with Dimwit is a mystery vampire who they, who must know of them based on, you know, whatever their experience. Well, because this guy came in and and was like, hey, Salvatore's. And they're like, who the hell are you? And was purposely messing with Elena for seemingly no reason. Well, he did say to them, he did say to them, she looks like Catherine. That, that's what I mean. Like, it wouldn't make a ton of sense for every single vampire to go after Elena on odds alone. Like, a vampire going after Elena, I think, is enough reason to think that someone's after the Salvatore. Sure. So Damon's like, all right, go team. They, like, you know, break up the huddle, quote unquote. And then Stefan and Elena decide to use the time to make out because he can overhear them. So they really can't talk about how they're actively betraying Damon. Yeah. So they make out and, you know, they pull the sheet over them and we use that sheet to transition back into 1864 mm-hmm. where Catherine and Damon are making out. And she like, you know, flashes her fangs. He's like, hell yeah, I'm into it, baby. Um, <laughs> and then Emily comes in. She knocks on the door and she's like, hey, uh, Catherine, the Pearl's here to see you. And Catherine's like, give me a minute. (laughs) Catherine's like, I'm busy. And, you know, they kiss a little bit more. But then Catherine comes down the stairs and, you know, says hi to Pearl. Catherine says to Emily, will you tell Mr. Salvatore that I'm stepping out for a minute? And Emily says, which one? And Catherine says, shut the hell up. They love to laugh about this. This feels very jokey that Emily's like, hee hee hee, which one? And Catherine's like, hee hee hee. I know the ladies in 1864 in this episode are having a lot of fun until the very end. Yeah. And Catherine, you know, like she's clearly a little mean taking advantage of these boys this way, but she is having fun with it. You can't say she's not having fun. <laughs> exactly. 
she goes off with Pearl. They walk through the garden and, you know, Pearl's like talks to her about staying with the Salvatores and Catherine's like, well, it was very kind of them to take me in. I'm just a poor orphan girl from Atlanta. Wink, wink. My parents died in the fires. And Pearl says a match you lit, no doubt. That's what. OK, because I she said my family died in, in a fire. Were there like a, a, Atlanta fires that she was referencing? I don't know. Do I look like a history professor? That's what it sounded like you were saying at first. Because, I, yeah, I wrote down Catherine is an orphan whose family died in a fire. A lie? Question mark. <laughs> Because we don't really know at this point. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what really happened to her family. Maybe they did die in a fire. Maybe they didn't. It's unclear at the moment and could stay unclear for maybe eternity. (laughs) Can't give too much away. (laughs) Yeah. So we don't really know where Catherine came from. We just know she's in Mystic Falls. And it's not really important where she came from at this point because, I mean, there's nothing to know that we need. Right now, it's important is she's in Mystic Falls and she's fucking both brothers. I guess here's a question that you probably don't, you probably can't answer for me at this present time. Was Catherine the first vampire to come to Mystic Falls? I don't know, actually. Because she seems to have kind of started a bunch of this, but there are, you know, quite a handful there at, at the moment in 1864 that lead to the end of this episode. But I, yeah, I'm just curious about it because we don't know kind of when she turned or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's when it's founded. So maybe Catherine came to Mystic Falls because there were other vampires here that she knew about. That could be. Yeah. And she was like, I want to hang out with some other vampires. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know a lot about Catherine's past, but we know what she's told everyone is that she's an orphan from Atlanta. My family died in a fire. Pretty clean. Yeah. Good lie. Um, and Pearl says, I came here to tell you that some townspeople have been coming to the apothecary where Pearl works slash owns. She owns her own business, Queen in 1864. Girl boss. Yeah, Pearl's a girl boss, Pearl boss. And she's like, they're asking for Vervain. And Catherine immediately is like, oh, so they know. And Pearl's like, you know what? Maybe we should leave town. And Catherine's like, "Mm, I don't know. I'm having fun. The moral of the story is like, If you even think like, maybe we should leave town, you probably just should. Yeah. Why wait around to see if you should leave town? It's clear Catherine's waiting because she wants to turn both Salvatores into vampires, which not for nothing isn't going to take that long. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, she could do it today. Yeah. But I think she's like, no, I want to have a little bit more fun first. I want to mess with them a little more. Well, I guess she could probably do Damon today, but I think she's still working on Stefan. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, she could always turn him and deal with the consequences later. I mean, what's going to happen? What's he going to do? Die? Maybe. Yeah, I don't think she's that concerned about what happens to Stefan. <laughs> exactly. And and frankly, neither am I. <laughs> and then in this scene, we also get a reveal that Anna, who we know as Jeremy's little girlfriend, is Pearl's daughter. Yeah. Uh, immediate reaction to this. Well, so, you know, not for nothing. Pearl was also Asian. And we knew Anna knew Catherine. So I kind of had this guess, but it was, you know, it did immediately fill in those holes of like, well, why is Anna caring so much about this journal? Because even before we see the end of the episode, it's clear that her mother is a vampire and she's here, but we haven't seen her mother and her mother is very close to Catherine. So you can kind of do the math that she is in that tomb as well. Yeah, you can put the pieces together. Yeah, which we get confirmed by the end of the episode, but- we can guess at this point as well. Mm-hmm. So then the reveal of Anna brings us to Anna in the present. 
she's at her little hotel motel holiday inn and she's calling jeremy i thought that was funny that's cute <laughs> and she's calling jeremy and she's like hey um I'm going to be at the grill tonight. She's like kind of being flirtatious and she's kind of putting it on, but not like totally. Yeah, she's like doing a little bit of flirting, but you can tell she doesn't really want to flirt that much. So she's kind of like, okay, I'll do what I'm going to do. I mean, also because she knows Jeremy has been a little wishy-washy. So I think she's like, eh, this may or may not work. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Ben comes out and he's like, who are you calling? And she's like, oh, I'm calling Jeremy Gilbert. I'm trying to get that journal. Then Ben goes to the window and burns himself with the sunlight. And he's like, ow, I forgot. Dummy. Himbo. Big, big himbo. Himbo energy. And Anna's like, whatever, you're new. And she's like, here, have some blood. And she gives him a bottle of blood from the fridge, which obviously it's season one. They haven't quite perfected how to make blood goopy yet. That really just looked like <laughs> purple juice. But no shade to the prop department. You guys do a great job. But he's like, hey, can we hunt? And she's like, no, stay on track. And he's like, hey, can I ask you a question? Why did you turn me? And she's like, I needed someone in a position to be eyes and ears and you're a small town bartender. Bada bing, bada boom. And he's like, oh, and she's like, also, you seemed pretty sad. So I figured being a vampire might help. I love how kind of when they turn people, they're like, well, they don't seem super happy. So we'll try this. Yeah. They're like, you might be happier as a vampire. Which uh, if my therapist turned me into vampire, it might have saved me from Lexapro. Honestly, I might be happier if I was a vampire, but it's hard to say. Like, you know, there's, there's ups and downs with it, but... Exactly. DNA evidence being one of the big downs. Yeah, <laughs> it's at least different. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so we cut over to the Gilbert house with Stefan and Elena. And Elena's like, hey, Stefan, you think Damon believes us? And Stefan's like, I don't know. <laughs> Stefan's like, it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I really don't know what to tell you. Melina's like, you know, honestly, I do think that Damon thinks everything he's done has been for love. Like, yeah, he's done some fucked up stuff, but it's kind of sweet. And Stefan immediately goes on his anti-Damon diatribe. He says, you know, Damon has no regard for human life. He enjoys inflicting pain. Every time I let my guard down, I regret it. And you know what? When we get to the end of the episode, I'm like, what is with you? If anything... You broke Damon's trust. I think Damon is completely right in pretty much in most cases by the end of the episode specifically. But, you know, he's like, well, you know, Damon doesn't trust anyone, whatever. Like, it seems very fair. Also, because Stefan loves to complain about how much Damon lies to him and tricks him, like while tricking Damon. Yeah. Which is like, fine. I get that that's what you're doing. But like, either kill him or get over it. Stefan, me thinks you're projecting. Yeah. This is, we brought this up a while ago in episodes of like, Damon is kind of happy with who he is and where he's at. He's like, look, I love Catherine and I want her back. And Stefan like pushed it and compartmentalized it, but never dealt with it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why he doesn't really know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And Stefan says he truly believes that if they help Damon, a lot of people will die, which I do think is a fair enough motivation to not help Damon. But I just think why offer your help at that point? Yeah, I mean- you don't have to offer to help him get the people out of the, the tomb. I don't know. I guess you can cut ahead of him at that point. Anyway, and then Elena finds a picture of Jonathan Gilbert and they're kind of, so obviously they're getting close to where the journal should be to their knowledge. But then Jeremy comes in and he says, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we're looking through some old stuff. We're looking for this old journal. And Jeremy's like, oh, Jonathan Gilbert's journal? That's 
Crazy. I just did a report on that. Proof that Elena does not listen to a single fucking thing Jeremy says, because I'm sure he told. I don't think he said this to her. Well, I know he told Jen about it for a fact, and I'm pretty sure he would have told Elena had she talked to him. I don't think Elena's been home much. I think she's been going through some stuff. Yes. She was just in Georgia. They're busy. Yes. Anyway, Elena's like, great. Where where is it now? And he's like, oh, I gave it to Mr. Saltzman to look at. And they're like, gulp. And then we cut over to Alaric. The transitions in this episode are very intuitive. We cut over to Alaric reading the journal. And he's reading about 1864. So we cut back to 1864. And it says that Jonathan wrote that he met with Giuseppe and Burnett. So that's Giuseppe Salvatore and Burnett Lockwood. Mm -hmm. Just so we're all clear on the who's who of Mystic Falls in 1864. Yeah, I had to just track them by last name. I couldn't keep track of all the first names. Yeah. So Jonathan is showing off the compass he invented that will help track vampires. We're familiar with this compass. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about the plan for the church. Giuseppe says, you know, I've been thinking about this church plan. I do think it could work. Stefan comes in. He's like, hey, dad, what's up? And Giuseppe's like, I'll be with you in a minute. Stefan leaves and Giuseppe tells Jonathan, Burnett, and we, the audience, that he hasn't told Stefan and Damon about vampires, but the Founders Council can count on them. He's going to eat those words. Yeah. (laughs) So then we see Alaric in like the teacher's lounge. He's making copies of the journal. And then we also see Anna walking around the hallway. And poor Alaric just has to hunt every single vampire in this town. Truly. Can he have a break? He has no help. (laughs) So and then we see kind of some fast running. We kind of assume it's Anna. Alaric pulls like a steak gun out of his bag, out of his locker in the teacher's lounge. Very cool. And then he goes back to his classroom. He's been hearing the running. He knows there's a vampire nearby, or at least he suspects it. And he gets to the classroom. He shoots a stake and Stefan catches it. Cool move. Very cool. It would have been crazy if he had just killed Anna right then and there. Like, but I guess at this point, all the vampires that are out and about looking for things are pretty experienced vampires. Well, and also, you know, we see her running around for quite a while before Larry gets back there. So it's clear she got the journal far before he got back to his classroom. Yeah, but it was cool watching Stefan catch that. That was fun. Alec is very smart because he heard the vampire very fast and went into action very fast. He knows much more about vampires than any of the Founders Council and is much more equipped for them as well. Yeah. Like the Founders Council is like, here's one box of wooden bullets. And he's got a fucking steak gun he carries everywhere. Yeah, he said, I made a compressed air steak gun. So he's really smart. However... He's not very fast yeah. and he misses his first shot at Stefan and he's reloading a little clumsily. Obviously, Stefan doesn't want to kill him, so he doesn't attack him. But had Stefan wanted to kill him, Alaric would be dead right now. Yeah. Being smart, unfortunately, the trade-off there is that he is so aware of all the vampires are capable of that he's a little too scared to deal with them very productively. Well, yeah, smart doesn't necessarily translate well because he's researched them for so long rather than you know any of the practical like streets knowledge of actually like seeing a vampire and dealing with it we saw that even when he staked logan he was like very stressed about it you know well yeah he's only staked one vampire but he's prepared yeah so anyway he's reloading and stefan basically takes the gun out of his hands and knocks him over and stefan's like what's this compressed air Cool. Sit down. (laughs) And Alaric does sit down. He knows when he's been had. Yeah. That's another good quality of his. And Stefan says, hey, uh, who are you? And Alaric's like, I'm a historian. And Stefan's like, okay. Not a lie. Good job, King. Alaric knows at this point. Either Stefan has reason to kill him or he doesn't. So 
I guess it's interesting too because when he interacted with Damon, Damon immediately compelled him to get these answers. But so he must be clocking that Stefan isn't trying to compel him. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't know if he makes anything of it, but he must be clocking. Well, it. yeah, he like says I'm historian. He is purposely careful, but he doesn't like. He's not like acting like he's being compelled the same way he did with Damon. Yeah, I mean, he shot his load by having a compressed air gun, so he can't pretend he doesn't know about vampires. That is a very good point. He can't say like he's being vague, obviously, but he can't say yeah, I've never heard of vampires like you've got a gun of stakes yeah you've heard of vampires that's a very good point <laughs> and so Stefan's like okay uh you're not just a historian let's let's level with each other here yeah and Alaric's like okay my wife was a parapsychologist she studied paranormal supernatural creatures and that led me here and Stefan's like okay well I want the journal and Alaric's like it's on my desk and Stefan's like no it's not and Alaric's like what <laughs> he looks at his desk he's like oops he's like it was on my desk <laughs> yeah he's like it I promise it was so then we cut over to the hotel with Anna and Ben where Anna has the aforementioned journal from Alaric's desk clean shit and Ben's like hey what's in there and Anna's like oh it's mostly gibberish And Ben is leaving for his date with Bonnie, being the himbo king that he is. And Anna's like, bye, don't care, see ya. Yeah, Anna literally could not give two fucks if Ben lives or dies. She's like, look, you're hot, but I've got my own thing happening. You're just... You're just helping me with it a little bit. Which is why he's a valuable crony. Exactly. So she's reading the journal that she's been wanting to get her hands on. And she's reading about Jonathan Gilbert writing about her mom, Pearl, This is where we learn Jonathan Gilbert has a crush on Pearl because we cut back to 1864. They're at the apothecary. And again, Pearl is like, Catherine, I really think we need to consider leaving town. That's when Catherine tells Pearl, certainly, that she wants to turn both Salvatores. And that's why she's hanging around. Yeah. And then Jonathan comes in to flirt with Pearl. Catherine, Anna, and Emily are giggling about it. It's all very fun for them. Yeah. They're just enjoying it. I mean... They're like, oh, good. Pearl has a boy, too. We've got our little boys. Exactly. Then, meanwhile, on another side of town, Giuseppe is talking to Stefan and Damon about, you know, being loyal to the founding families. And that's really important. Clearly, this is like a subtle dig at Damon for not being loyal to the Confederacy. King. And Stefan steps up and defends Damon. And he's like, well, you know, Damon left the Confederacy on principle. I think it's really admirable. Giuseppe's basically like, there's nothing admirable about a deserter, dude. So clearly there's some tension in this family. Yeah. Giuseppe doesn't seem particularly happy with either of them right now. And that will only get less and less happy as we go. Well, he's not mad at Stefan right now. But he doesn't seem like super attached to Stefan. I think he's like, why are you defending Damon for this? I mean, he's cold to Stefan. That's more what I mean, I guess. But no colder than any father would be. In 1864, you know? I mean, I think he's being called. I just think it's interesting because they have such a rivalry that they would have. It's clear that their relationship with their father is at least a little strained. Yeah. So that builds on the rivalry. So Giuseppe says, it's time to fight back against killers in this town. He's like, you know, vampires are real and they walk among us. And Stefan and Damon don't even pretend to be shocked by this information. Giuseppe says, don't worry, the council has a plan to kill all of them. You guys are going to help. Neither of them seem super excited at the prospect. But neither of them really fights it either because they're like, okay, I better keep this quiet for the moment. So then we cut back to the Gilbert house where Damon is chopping vegetables and Jenna's drinking wine and they're like chatting with each other. And it's a little jarring for the audience because it's like, what's Damon doing here? But it's fun. I think it's funny because it's like, okay, Damon's checking on his little plot. Exactly. Checking on his teammates here. And, you know, it's always fun. Damon loves to flirt with whoever he can at any moment. So it's fun that he's being a little flirty and cute with Jenna. I love it. Jenna's loving it. Mm -hmm. 
So they are talking about their dating history. This is where Jenna also drops. She says, Logan isn't missing. He's in the Bahamas. She talks mm-hmm. trash. I don't know where she got that information. I guess maybe probably from a fake email. Yeah, I guess this time Liz Forbes during the cover up was a little more specific. Yeah, she was like, OK, well, now that he's dead, dead, I better just come up with something to explain that a little bit better. She said, I guess everyone's going to be expecting an email now. Yeah, since she, she's like, I already sent the first one. God, now I got to send another email. Yeah, she's just digging <laughs> herself deeper in this hole. Me adding another email to my list when my day's already booked. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> she wrote it at 7 p.m. and schedule sent it for the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and then Elena gets home and she seems totally shocked to see Damon there. Yeah, she's like, what is Damon doing here? <laughs> and Damon's like, family dinner. Where's Stefan? And Elena's like, he's meeting me here. And they kind of, you know, look at each other. They kind of size each other up. And then we cut back over to the school where Stefan actually is. You know, he's interrogating Alaric. He says, how long have you known about me? And Alaric said, I learned recently. Nice, vague answer. And this is when we find out Alaric decides to drop this information, which I guess this is kind of a gamble of information of Alaric to drop is that Damon killed my wife and I witnessed it because it assumes that Stefan and Damon are not on the same side. Yeah, which is true, but I don't know why he would know that. I don't think he would know it. I think it was a gamble. Yeah. Because I don't think he has any reason to know it. Yeah. And I guess it also makes sense that, you know, it became clear that Stefan was like, well, I'm getting all this information here. And so Alaric was like, well, I might as well tell him. Because also... Mm-hmm. Stefan didn't immediately kill him. So that's probably a more trustworthy sign than most vampires if you're pointing a state gun at them. Well, yeah, Andy's not compelling him. So Alert kind of probably figures. I mean, again, Alert's been around town observing things. He can probably see that things are strained at best between Stefan and Damon. And Stefan's like, if you're here for revenge, like you should leave town because Damon's going to kill you. And Alert's yeah. like, no, I'm not here for revenge. I want to know what happened to my wife. And Stefan's like, you just said you saw Damon kill her. And he's like, yeah, but I saw him draining the life out of her. He probably heard me. And then he ran and he took her body and they haven't found her body since. To which he saw him holding her looking pretty lifeless. Maybe Damon didn't kill her. What do you think he would do? Maybe he was there with someone. Oh, that's a good guess. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe someone else killed him and he or they were like, Damon was like, let's have a snack. And they were like, I'm going to kill her. And it, then they like tossed her to Damon and he was like, she's dead. And then they left. Oh, that makes sense. I'm always just trying to give Damon the benefit of the doubt because he's my little hubby. Yeah, we know that Damon is capable of drinking blood without yeah. killing people. So we know that, you know, it's not like she absolutely was killed. But I mean, he saw something that to him is conclusive. Yeah. Well, it's also not unlikely that Damon killed someone, but it's also unlike Damon to kill someone in their own home. Yeah. But then you also have to get at how did Damon get in there? He must have been invited. Now there's a point. Now there's a point, baby. Took me a second to get to probably what should be the biggest point I got to. But I was busy being like, Damon didn't kill her. (laughs) Maybe he used the pizza guy move. No, he hadn't learned it yet. (laughs) He used something similar. He's like, I've been doing TV repairman for years. He said, hey, I'm your neighbor. Can I have a cup of sugar? And then he went in and killed her. But anyway, Stefan's like, you know what? If Damon finds out why you're here, he's going to kill you. But I can help because Stefan's just looking to team up on any team that doesn't have Damon on it, baby. He wants to kill Damon so bad in theory, but he clearly doesn't want to because if he wanted to, he would have by now. Yeah, I think he just wants to be free of Damon, but he doesn't want to kill his brother. Yeah. 
he still has hope for their relationship, which we'll see if he should. Maybe by the end of the show, they'll be better friends. I don't know. Impossible I, to I'm say. I'm pretty sure that I have some pictures in my head that suggest they will eventually make up in some way or another. But but it's hard to say. Hard to say for sure. And then we cut over back to the Gilbert house and we have a lovely little Delena scene. Delena stands we eaten tonight mm-hmm. and Damon bumps into Elena and she's like, don't do that. And he's like, what? And she's like, you did that deliberately. And he said, I was deliberately going to the sink. King. And we laugh. And then Damon says, speaking of Stefan, where's he at? And this line is so funny because they weren't speaking of Stefan. Well, but <laughs> it was definitely the subtext was like, you can't do that because I'm dating Stefan. So it was a it was a subtext. It was just funny for him to go off subtext. Like it was just a funny little moment from him. I liked it. So Damon's joking around a little bit and then he gets kind of suddenly serious and he tries to play it off, but it's obviously serious. He says, so is this renewed brotherhood thing like real? And Elena's like, what are you talking about? And he says, can I trust him? And Elena says, yeah, you can trust him. And then he runs up close to her really fast. And he says, can I trust him? And she said, I'm wearing Vivane. You can't compel me. He's like, I'm not compelling you. I'm asking you. Well, you know, the first time she said he could trust him was not, she wasn't selling it. Yeah, she was like avoiding eye contact. She turned away really fast. Because I don't think she was ready for him to ask her. Yeah. She's like, what do you want me to say? I'm not getting in the middle of this. Yeah. I think this is one of those moments where behind all of the like veneer of toughness of Damon, he really just wants to be with Catherine. And so he's like, can I get my hopes up about this? Is really what I feel like he's asking. I think deep down, he and Stefan both want their relationship to be fixed. They just both think it's like beyond repair, which it's obviously not. But I think he does want to trust Stefan. He just feels like he can't. Well, I think, you know, we'll get to this at the end of the episode, but I think this kind of quote unquote trade that Stefan proposed is more than fair considering like, I think it's kind of Stefan paying back for what he did in 1864, which we'll get to. And so I think it's not insane that Damon would like be hopeful that maybe Stefan is like understanding where he's coming from more and is willing to kind of make amends in this way. Mm-hmm. So I think Damon, you know, wants to be with Catherine, but also wants to see that Stefan is like willing to be open about this. Yeah. And he knows Elena would have the inside track on that. Exactly. And he and Elena have bonded. Yeah. So he's earnestly asking her, he's not compelling her. He's like, can I trust him? And Elena looks him in the eyes and she sells it. And she says, yes, you can trust him. And he looks relieved, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, he because he does trust Elena more than he trusts Stefan. Yeah, because he thinks Elena, you know, Elena is one of those protagonists that I think one of her main characteristics is quote unquote pure of her. I think that's sure. what she gives off, you know? And so I think Damon believes that as well. Mm-hmm. So then we cut over to 1864. Catherine and Giuseppe Salvatore are playing croquet. Very fun. And Damon and Stefan are watching while they talk about Catherine. And Stefan says, you know, maybe we could like tell dad that Catherine's a vampire, but that we really like her and he'll protect her. <laughs> Dumbass. And immediately as the audience, I'm like, as if. Like, it's just stupid. I mean, I get what he's coming from, but like, obviously that is not the case yeah and damon immediately is like um no we're not gonna do that and stefan says i think we can trust our dad and damon's like i think we absolutely cannot and damon says basically like obviously they are at an impasse with their read on their dad 
And Damon says, I'm asking you to not tell him. And Stefan says, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because Damon's like, you can believe that, but I really want you to not tell him. And this is one of the first instances of Stefan just very much breaking Damon's trust. Well, we'll get to it. I don't think he totally broke his trust, but we'll get to I that. I guess that's true, yeah. And then we cut back over to Delena. Delena stands, we eat in tonight. And <laughs> he says, it's just hard for me to trust Stefan. And Elena gives a good piece of advice that she says, Trust breeds trust. You have to give it to get it, which is correct. But obviously, you know, she's lying. Yeah, <laughs> obviously not appropriate in this circumstance. But and she says, look, I understand you'll do anything to get Catherine back. And he says, so you also understand what I'll do to anyone who gets in my way. Right. And she says, uh-huh. so a very, very thinly veiled threat. Yeah, I think he just wants to make it clear, like, you know, I'm taking this chance, trusting you and like, Remember what I'm capable of. Yeah. Remember, I will kill you. Yeah. To get back at Stefan. You're the one who's going to be dead at the end of this. Yeah. Credit to Elena. She does not snitch. I would have snitched. Yeah. And she doesn't really <laughs> flinch. Yeah. She handles a lot of these situations a lot better than you would expect. Yeah. And then Damon and Jeremy are playing video games. Just cute. Very cute. Very, very cute. And Jeremy keeps like, you know, whatever, silencing his phone. And Damon's like, oh, who are you dodging? And he's like, oh, this girl, Anna, she's kind of like annoying. And Damon's like, is she hot? And Jeremy's like, yeah, but she's weird. And Damon's like, hot Trump's weird. <laughs> so just boys, <laughs> just, stuff. you know, boys being boys. And then at the same time, Jenna and Elena are talking and Jenna is like, he is so hot about Damon. And Damon smiles because he is eavesdropping, my little king. He's like, I'll always eavesdrop when people are talking about me. And Elena obviously knows that he's, he's eavesdropping. So she's like, he's an ass. And, he's, and he does a cute little eye roll thing, which has been gift many times on the Vampire Diaries fan pages. And I, and I thank them for the gift. Yeah. Thank you, Stans. Jenna and Elena are looking through these boxes. And Elena says, oh, I'm looking for intel on like my birth parents. Jenna's like, have you told Jeremy? And Elena's like, I will when the time is right. First of all, Jenna, you're the parental guardian. Maybe you both should tell Jeremy. Like, it's not just Elena's job, but who am I? It's not, I mean, it's not yeah. Jenna's fault. But anyway, she's like, I'll tell Jeremy when the time is right. So we'll see. Jenna should happily tell Jeremy. She's like, hey, I didn't have to tell Elena. I, I got know. off easy here. <laughs> and then the doorbell rings and it's Stefan. And Damon and Elena immediately run away from their conversation so fast. And, and, and Stefan also is like, why is Damon here? Yeah. <laughs> But again, Stefan should expect that Damon's watching. Yeah. And then we cut over to the grill where Bonnie's on a date with Ben, which we know is not good news, but Bonnie's happy at the moment. So we're happy for her. And what a pretty little couple. Yeah. They're talking about karaoke. He like kind of asks about Elena and she's like, oh, she's my best friend. Like she's my sister. I would die for her. And Ben's like, oh, I don't really have any friends. <laughs> like he's okay. like, all my friends moved away. And Bonnie's like, yeah, well, me and Elena are bonded for life. So and it's like, OK, rub it in that you have friends and he doesn't. <laughs> he just told you he has no friends. And you're like, yeah, I would literally die for my best friend. That's how close we are. <laughs> that is. And I just want to say um, Carolina Erasure. Yeah, she's your friend, too. Once again. And anyway, when Bonnie says she would die for Elena, Ben makes a face like, oh, noted, noted. <laughs> He's like, OK, good to know. Good to know. Maybe you will. He said, perhaps you will. And she said, excuse me. And he said, hmm? <laughs> but either way, it seems to be going well for Bonnie. We know uh, it's not the best date in the world, but we're happy. Bonnie's happy for the moment. You know, she's having a little fun. 
Mm-hmm. So we go back over to the Gilbert house where Stefan kind of fills Elena and Damon in on his conversation with Alaric. He says, yeah, so he had the journal, but someone took it. Damon's like, I'm suspicious about that history teacher. And Stefan kind of throws him off the scent. He's like, he doesn't know anything. He's just a guy, whatever. No big deal. Stefan really won't even tell him about Alaric. Yeah. Well, he can't tell him any. He told Alaric that he would help him. He can't tell him that oh, oh. he's like, oh yeah, Alaric, he knows that you killed his wife. And, and Damon would be like, who? Stefan doesn't have tact. He'll in a couple of weeks be like, oh my God, have you ever like been to Boston and like killed a young woman? And Damon will be like, yeah, I did. What's the point? Like I do that all the time. He'll be like, which one? Yeah, I'll be like, what color hair? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I said that. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm asking. So then they're kind of talking about how Jeremy knew the journal was there because Jeremy's the one who gave it to Alaric. So Damon's like, well, I'm going to go talk to Jeremy then. And they're like, oh no, like don't bring him into this. But then he goes inside and they don't really try to stop him. And yeah. Damon's like, hey, Jeremy, you journal, you tell anyone about that? Like you tell anyone about that other than your history teacher? And Jeremy's like, why does everyone care about this old ass journal so much? I know. Like I was reading it for class. What's y'all's excuse? Yeah, he's like, don't you guys want to go to the movies? And <laughs> he's like, oh, well, I did tell my friend Anna and she wants to meet me at the grill. And Damon's like, great, I'll drive. Let's move. Yeah. And Jeremy's like, okay. And yeah, Jeremy's <laughs> like, okay, I guess I'll go hang out with this girl who I'm not really sure about right now, but. I'm leaning towards liking her after talking to Damon. He's like, well, free ride to the grill at the minimum. Yeah. He said, hey, I'll get some curly (laughs) fries out of the deal. Yeah. Then after this whole conversation, Elena goes upstairs really quick to get a call from Bonnie. She's like, give me the deets, bitch. Yeah. And Bonnie's like, oh, the date's going well. He's a perfect gentleman, blah, blah, blah. And he's eavesdropping, of course, because as we all know, Ben's a vampire. Elena says, will you go, girl? And she also says, quote, seize the day, Broomhilda. Way to embrace. Queen. (laughs) And then she's like, okay, well, I got to go, but have a great date. And they hang up. They're both in high spirits. And then Stefan's like, hey, Elena. So Jeremy and Damon went to the grill to look for Jeremy's friend, Anna, to ask about the journal. And Elena's like, what? You let him go ahead of us? How dare you? And Stefan's like, "Uh uh-uh, I've got photocopies. He's like, obviously, I lied to Damon and I got these from Alaric. Elena's like, he gave those to you? And Stefan's like, "Ah, I got them from Alaric. It's not important. I wish Damon had still been downstairs like Jeremy was changing clothes and overheard. And he was like, what? I know, if only. (laughs) But we cut over to the grill where Damon indeed is. And Anna meets up with Jeremy and she's like, hey, and they like, you know, chat a little bit. And Damon smartly sat at a distance from this conversation and he sees her and immediately see a look of recognition flash across his face. And then we do a quick little flashback to 1864 at Pearl's Apothecary, where Anna And Emily and Pearl and Catherine are all together talking about vampires. Pearl's like, look, the sheriff just bought a ton of vervain. This is not good news. And then (laughs) Catherine's like, oh, did the sheriff like flirt with you? And Pearl's like, doesn't he always? And all the girls are giggling. And Damon's like, what's so fucking funny? (laughs) He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And they're like, and Pearl and Catherine are like, oh, yeah, I only have eyes for Jonathan Gilbert. He, he, he. And Damon's like, you're literally being hunted. He's like, also, I'm over here, remember? Yeah. (laughs) Catherine's like, calm down, Damon. Thanks to Emily, we walk the streets in daylight. They're not going to suspect us unless a human snitches. And Damon's like, I'd sooner die. (laughs) And Catherine's like, you will, you will. Well, and I think this is the first mention we get, like, concretely, that Emily is the reason they have these daylight rings. It is, exactly. Which is very exciting because we didn't really know for sure. And I think at some point, I guess the witches were involved, but who can say for sure? You did guess it at one point (laughs) probably went up and down i just have a question for you 
how do you think the witches are involved? They made the rings somehow. Uh, yeah, I gave you a little softball to encourage you. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, am I supposed to know their spell? Yeah. I don't have the grimoire, bitch. Yeah, she's going to get me. Yeah, so witches are how they make daylight rings. Which is good to know. It is also interesting because Damon is very scared of the town. He seems well aware of the danger. Yeah. Which can only make this ending worse. So I note that earlier when um, Vicky was turned to a vampire, you said, is Vicky going to get a ring? And I said, they have the tools to get a ring, but they don't have them ready right now. And I said, so you basically said yes. Yeah. But my <laughs> point of that is that they had Bonnie, who's a witch, but, but she's they, not prepped. Yet. They didn't know how to do that at the time. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. That's a side note about being in the episode, but I just wanted to point that, that out. That is funny. And then Anna comes in. She's like, oh, Mrs. Fell is here to see you. And then we see Damon see Anna. So in case it wasn't abundantly clear already, Damon knows Anna. Yeah. Which, of course, brings us back to the grill present day. Damon, like, looks at Anna and he's like, interesting, interesting, interesting. Also, this is a guess that I have. Sure. Because when Anna comes in and says, like, Mrs. Fell is here to see you or something like that. Sure. There's a couple of people whose faces we don't see. Sure. So I have a guess that Noah was one of those people. Although now I'm not sure about how his age works out because I don't think he ever met Catherine. But I think, but I think Noah is a fell. Sure. I'm going to tell you right now, we're never going to get answered who Noah is. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's okay, not important. Well, never it's, mind then. <laughs> no, it's just, it's fine. It's just clear that they give us a name sometimes that we know so we can connect it to a founding family. But just so that we know, like, it's someone. They never showed his face or something. I guess they just threw out a name. Noah's just a guy who lived in Mystic Falls in 1864. Okay. So it, it's not, I mean, maybe he was a fell. You might be completely correct. We just never get that confirmed. It's never said either way. Fair enough. Fair it enough. just, it just doesn't matter. It's the same as like when you asked what Uncle Zach does all day. It just doesn't matter because he's not a big enough character. Yeah. I just never know who's a big character or not a big character. So I just connect a meaning to everyone. It's rare that a fell is a big character. That's good to know. Fell is like one of those names that they'll use if they want a founding family member, but they don't want to worry about how it complicates other things. That's funny. Because we know that like the other founding families are bigger characters than Logan Fell was. Yeah. Fell is a good placeholder name. I'm going to go ahead and believe that it was Noah Fell just in my own little sure. world that I live in. I'm not going to stop you from that. <laughs> If anyone else wants to join me here, you're welcome. Yeah, I will say there's a fell you're going to love in a mm. couple seasons. That doesn't sound like me. Well, you'll see. <laughs> you'll know who it is as soon as we meet, but you probably won't remember I said this when we meet them. Yeah, you probably won't remember either. <laughs> yeah, me either. But there's a specific reason I'm saying it. It's going to be very obvious. Is it Dev Patel? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it is an actor you will recognize. I'll say that. That's what I assumed, that that was one of the main reasons. Okay. I have so many guesses that it's not even worth throwing them It's all not out. even, I didn't even tell you if it's male or female. So oh, don't I, even... I assumed male from actor. Why well, actor's gender neutral now. I guess, yeah. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> yeah. Then we cut back over to the Gilbert house where Stefan and Elena are reading the journal and they're chatting and she's like, Giuseppe Salva, that your dad? <laughs> and they find a little clip in the journal that says that Jonathan was like worried about having Emily's grimoire for whatever reason he was worried she was gonna like haunt him or something I don't know and Giuseppe's like don't worry about it I'll take the secret of the spell book to my grave and we find out Giuseppe was a pretty literal man <laughs> yeah and it clicks immediately for <laughs> Stefan and the way it clicks is we get another flashback to 1864 
Giuseppe's like in his study writing something and Stefan's like, hi, dad. Um, What's up? Hey, daddy. <laughs> He's like, are you writing? And Giuseppe's like, just the musings of a madman, of a mad mind. And Stefan's like, a beautiful mind. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what y'all's thing is. Yeah. I haven't really landed on your what your relationship means. Yeah, I can't tell. Obviously, he likes Stefan better than Damon. But it doesn't seem like that much. <laughs> yeah. He likes a rock better than Damon. He hates Damon. Yeah, he can't stand Damon. And then, you know, Giuseppe makes a comment like, I'm going to take that secret to my grave. And they giggle. Ha ha ha. And then Stefan's like, you know, I'm a little concerned about your plan for the vampires for burning all of them. And Giuseppe's like, interesting. What makes you say that? And Stefan's like, well, <laughs> maybe some of them are like nice. So what if some are like nice and pretty? <laughs> he doesn't say pretty. It's good to know Stefan never had tact. You would think after 162 years, he would have found it more than this. Yeah. And Stefan gives it a little spin. He says, you know, if we're just assuming all vampires are evil, we're like judging a book by its cover. And you did teach us not to judge. Really? uh, No offense, Stefan. That's kind of a reach, but go ahead. Yeah. And Giuseppe (laughs) hits back with, "Um, actually, no, they're monsters from hell and whoever supports them will be killed with them. And Stefan's like, okay. Stefan's like, okay, Papa. Um. <laughs> so I would like to, in Stefan's defense, he was trying to have the best of both worlds, obviously. Damon asked him not to tell his dad about Catherine. And to be fair to Stefan, he didn't tell his dad about Catherine. He was being vague. Yeah. Obviously, it was a bad decision and it backfired in ways we will explore in a minute. Yeah. But I do think that Stefan had good intentions here and wasn't trying to break Damon's trust. He was trying explicitly to do it within the confines of Damon's trust. Yeah, he was trying to make it in a world where, and he made an okay attempt at this. It just, it didn't work with how much Giuseppe already hated vampires because he did make a good attempt of like, well, if we're assuming they're all bad, isn't that like really oversimplifying it? Which yeah, is essentially Damon's point later on, which I think like later on as in present day, which yeah. I think is interesting. Yeah, see, he's not actively breaking Damon's trust and he couldn't have foreseen the coming events. He thought that he was being vague enough and he just wasn't. Yeah. He was just being a little naive, which we can't blame him for. He's a 17-year-old. Yeah, he was a 17-year-old in love. And this is also why Damon wanted Stefan not to tell him because Damon knew this about his dad. And this is actually probably why after the compulsion, Stefan pushed so hard against Catherine because he's probably like, if I wasn't compelled by Catherine, I wouldn't have broken Damon's trust like that. Mm-hmm. And then I, we wouldn't like, we wouldn't have the strained relationship. Stefan blames Catherine for a lot of his shit. Yeah. That's probably part of his hate for Catherine of like, well, it's Catherine's fault that Damon hates me. And it's like, no, Catherine definitely had a role in it, but like you made your own choices. Yeah. It's not, not Catherine's fault. But you're not not guilty. It was a team effort. Yeah, Stefan is not good at taking responsibility for things. Then we click back into present day and Stefan says, oh my God, I know where the journal is. Which, this is my thing about this. How did no one else read the sentence he'll take it to his grave and not realize? Yeah, this wasn't that deep of a clue, which I think is fun in like mystery teen dramas, especially watching them from the beginning to the end. Some of the earlier ones are like much easier clues to break down because, you know, they were still getting used to it. They didn't want to make it too, too crazy. But this one was funny because it was just like literally exactly what it said. Yeah. And 
Stefan's like, oh my God, I figured it out. It's like, yeah, I did too, bitch. Yeah, I figured out before that flashback, buddy. Helena was like, let me guess. It's at his grave. And he'd be like, how did you know that? He said, it's like you knew my dad. She's like, yeah, I'm I'm a real freaking Einstein. Yeah. Then we cut over to the hotel where Anna's getting back to her room, but Damon sneaks up on her. They choke each other for a second. They fight a little bit. And he's like, all right, I'm tapping out. She doesn't seem super shocked to see him in this first little intro. Yeah, she's kind of like, okay, well, it was only a matter of time before he found out I was here too. They seem like they're kind of friends. Yeah, or at least they have an understanding about each other because we'll get to their scene in a second. I think immediately they know that they're both here for the same reason. Oh yeah, they both knew Pearl and Catherine. So they both know why they have motivations to open the two. Yeah, I think they both know that they have motivations to open it and they both know like neither one is going to stop the other one from opening it. So there's really no point in like, Killing each other. Any animosity at the moment. It's kind of like, okay, we're we're good. We're on the same team. Like, hey. Exactly. So then we cut over to Giuseppe's grave. Elena makes a comment like, oh, why is he not in the family crypt? And Stefan's like, oh, it wasn't built till after he was dead, which is probably just a little exposition housekeeping since we know they have a crypt and it's probably just easier and more fun to shoot them digging up a grave than breaking into a crypt. Yeah, because I immediately was like, well, who's in the crypt if he died? If like if he's here, like all the other Salvatores are alive. Well, I guess not all of them, Zach. There, maybe all the uncles are in there. Yeah, I mean, we, all, we only know so many Salvatores. Yeah. We don't know how big the family is. But yeah. I wonder if they put Uncle Zach in there. Probably. <laughs> just sitting up. They probably buried him. I mean, yeah. Stefan did at least. Stefan probably did. Yeah. Damon's like, I don't give a shit. Got in the dungeon, baby. Yeah. Stefan's like, I'm sure as I possibly can be that the grimoire is in my dad's grave. Elena is like, sorry, you have to dig up your dad's grave. And Stefan's like, whatever. It is what it is, baby. Yeah, he seems like a little conflicted, but he's like, I have to do this. Yeah. And it's silly because I was watching Pushing Daisies during the same time I was watching this episode. So I was like, oh, they can bring him back and talk to him real quick. And then I was like, oh, nope, that's not what this show is. (laughs) Different show. (laughs) So they start digging. I love a digging up a grave shot. Yeah. It's classic for a reason. It's just fun. Just simple, elegant. Yeah. Then we cut over to 1864. Catherine is looking at herself in the mirror and she's holding up the crystal that we've come to know as Emily's crystal. And she's like, oh, I got it from Emily. Hee hee. Stefan is in bed and they're chatting. This is the first time we've seen Stefan and Catherine this episode. We've seen a lot of Damon and yeah. Catherine. Stefan's like chatting with Catherine. They're flirting a little bit. And then they start to make out and she bites him. And then she's like, (gasps) (laughs) she makes it very clear. Also pretty obvious uh, why Stefan came up with his little plan for Caroline. (laughs) He took that right from his dad. Yeah. Ripped from the headlines. He said, got it from my mama. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it's a good plan in this case and in Stefan's case. Yeah, it works pretty, pretty standardly well. And as if Giuseppe was just waiting outside the door to hear for it, he comes in immediately. He's like, your sympathy tipped me off. That's how I figured it out, Stefan, in case it was unclear to Stefan. Yeah. And Stefan is like shooketh. He's like, go get the sheriff. And Stefan's like, I don't really want to. And his dad's like, go get the motherfucking sheriff. And Stefan is so scared. He runs out without his shirt on. Catherine's just writhing on the floor. Yeah, this can't have been a fun time for Stefan. Well, and it is sad because Stefan is younger. So I think there is an aspect that he's like, oh, my dad's telling me to do it. Like, what else can I do? Yeah, but it is. I mean, it's rough. Well, it's got to be weird also like to have his dad come in and say this is very wrong. 
and not have Catherine be able to compel him more in love with her right after. So his mind has to be kind of a roller coaster of like, okay, wait, what does all this mean? And then I'm assuming pretty soon is when he will get turned and the compulsion will come undone. So he's going to have a rough go of it for a bit, I'm anticipating. <laughs> we'll see. Who knows where the rest of this night will take yeah. them. And then we do a little another quick shot of Stefan and Elena digging the grave just to continue that. But we don't really catch up with them at this time. Just to be like, hey, they're still digging. Yeah, it's it's taking them a bit. Just in case you forgot, like we're still digging the grave. We're getting there. We do catch up with Anna and Damon. And Damon's like, so when did you get to Mystic Falls? And she said, I arrived at Half Fast Comet. I like it because it's vague for us, the audience. Yeah, cute little line, but also it's very clear, like the comet is the reason I'm here. Yeah. And she says, and since I've been here, I've been watching you and you've screwed up every chance to get in the tomb that you've gotten. I know about the spell and you got the crystal destroyed, blah, blah, blah. So they're catching up. He says, did you turn Logan Fell? And she said, yeah, I used him to do my dirty work, but he was uh, dumb. Well, I think this is interesting because I've had this kind of long held, long held, moderately long held theory that there is a quote unquote alpha vampire that turned Logan, Noah, Ben, all these people that like brought these side vampires to Mystic Falls. And so now I'm thinking that's Anna. Yeah, I think that's, I think you're right. It was uh, pretty sexist of me to assume it was a man. You've been doing that a lot. You always assume. I assume every man is a vampire and not a single girl. Yeah, you're like, who's this girl who's meeting Jeremy? Fun. I'm like, I don't trust her, but not, not I don't trust her because she might be a vampire. Just like, I don't know why she likes Jeremy. Never once thought Catherine was a vampire. It's funny because right before we met, Anna, like the episode before we were talking about, you said something like, I feel like we're going to meet this new vampire soon. And then we met Anna pretty soon after. And you said, not that. And I said, ding, ding, ding. You said, pretty girl. Oh, sorry. Girls can't be vampires. Exactly. Sorry, snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, yeah, I made Logan Fell do my dirty work. It's no great loss that he's dead because I really didn't care about him. And again, Great move by Anna to turn Logan Fell, who's on the Founders Council. Yeah. Well, and she also said that she thought the Fells had the Grimoire. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess. Yeah, she turned him mostly because she thought the Fells had the Grimoire, so she didn't want him dead. So the only other option was to make him a vampire. And probably she was like, well, if the Fells don't have it, maybe another founding family does. And if I have Logan Fell, maybe I'll have the council. But unfortunately, like he had been buried by the sheriff, so he wasn't really going back to the council anytime soon. Either way, she was hopping from founding family to founding family until she, of course, well, she got the Fell journal through Logan. Mm-hmm. And in the Fell journal, it said, you know, not in so many words, but it said, check the Gilbert journal. Yeah, that led her. Well, I guess when she when she would have been looking through Logan's stuff, Jeremy wouldn't have been available anyway. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense. Then she says, the Gilbert journal led me to your dad. So that's where I'm at now. And she's like, you can help me because we have the same goal. We both want the tomb open. And I'm kind of at where I need your help now with your dad. Yeah, I'm kind of at a crossroads here. I've done all I can do. Yeah. So she shows him the journal, the passage about his dad. And he says nothing. He reads the passage. And then he says, I work alone. And he leaves. Because obviously, like Stefan, he connected the dots that the journals at in his father's grave, like a child could have connected. Yeah, Anna, you're 160 years old, babe. I know. I, I, I was talking Anna up a lot, but she did not get the clue. She's, you know, it's interesting because Damon has done a lot of smart things. Anna's done a lot of smart things. But then dumb things will trip them up. Everyone has their moments. Like trusting your brother. Or a little clue. We're not all good at everything. Yeah. So then we check back in with Ben and Bonnie at the grill. 
Bonnie, you know, takes a risk. She's really enjoying the date. So she kisses him. And then as soon as she touches him, she's like, oh, you're a vampire. Okay. Um, Because it's like when she touched Stefan, you know, she immediately gets the same feeling. And you can see in her eyes. Yeah. And she's familiar with that feeling now. We know that witches can kind of suss out vampires. Yeah. You can see on her face immediately that she's scared. But very smartly, she doesn't let it show. She says like, oh, I'm tired. And he's like, oh, you want to go home? And she's like, no, I'm just thinking we should get some coffee. I'm going to go to the bathroom, though. Yeah. And honestly, what she should have done was wait a little longer before she she went to the bathroom, but she couldn't have known. She's doing it pretty much almost exactly right. She leaves her jacket at the table, too. Great move. Yeah, that's a, a solid thing. Like, she was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and grabbed her jacket. Who would have been like, oh, no, 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 no. But she was like, just leave my jacket. Like, I'm going to go. She tried yeah. her best. But unfortunately, her best couldn't even trick dumb old Ben. Yeah, but unfortunately, he realized what happened. He catches her at the back door. He grabs her and he takes her. Because he does know. She would die for Elena. Yeah, he said, you said you'd die for Elena. Said time to nut up or shut up. He said, I changed my mind. Then we hop back over to the Salvatore grave where they've dug a perfect grave pretty much in 20 minutes. We can't question everything on the show. He can dig really fast. Yeah, he's, he's a vampire. vampire. Yeah, I'm. if I was Elena, I'd be like, I'm not digging, you're a vampire. Yeah, I'd be like, this is your job and you're a dad. I'd be like, I'll keep you company, but I'm not digging up this grave. I love because Elena says, you know, not many girls can say they dug up a grave. Pack it up, Spencer Hastings. (laughs) So they get to the coffin and he opens it. And you had a prediction here. Yeah, I was like, oh, this shit's going to be empty. There's nothing in that coffin, baby. Like it would have mattered if the body was in there. (laughs) Which, you know, to myself, pack it up, Spencer Hastings. (laughs) Yeah, you've been watching too much Pretty Little Liars. You're like, well, the grave's going to be empty. The grave's got to be empty. Like who would have taken his body out? Yeah, and for what purpose? All the vampires were dead. Yeah, but they do indeed find the grimoire. They open it. They're kind of basking in the victory. And then Damon shows up and Damon's like, Hey, and immediately Stefan fesses up. He doesn't even try to lie. Stefan's like, I can't let you bring her back. Sorry. Yeah, clearly Damon got there and was like, okay, well, obviously I can't trust you. Yeah, so obviously you lied. And Stefan's like, well, I can't trust you. And Damon's like, duh. And Stefan's like, yeah, that's true. I did lie. Yeah, so they go back and forth on not trusting each other. You know, Damon's like, I can't even trust you. And Stefan's like, well, I can't trust you. And Damon's like, well, you've never been able to trust me. So get over that. (laughs) Stefan's like, if I had given you the pages, you would have come here alone. And Damon's like, you came here alone. Yeah. It's like the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. Yeah. They both are doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Like had Stefan not been there, Damon would have dug up the grave by himself. Like, yeah. And so Damon basically was like, yeah, I would have come here by myself because apparently that's the only person I can count on. You made sure of that, he says to Stefan, which we know means it's because he snitched on Catherine. However, accidentally still counts as a snitch. Then Damon turns to Elena and says, but you, you had me fooled. And Elena, like, she does look truly sorry because she is. Yeah. Because she does want Damon to be reunited with Catherine at this exact moment. She's like, I don't see why we can't just help him. Yeah, she had to pick a side. It was either help Damon, like, do this thing that Stefan keeps telling her is evil and, like, spurn Stefan or, like, help Stefan and maybe Damon is, like, misguided in this. Like, those were really her choices. She's like, well, I guess I'll help Stefan. But she's not as anti-Catherine as Stefan, you know, because she doesn't know Catherine. (laughs) Yeah, I would argue, but yeah, she's still. pretty indifferent to Catherine at this point. So Stefan's basically like, you know what? We can go back and forth all day, but I'm going to destroy the grimoire. And Damon says, if you destroy that grimoire, I'll kill Elena. And Elena's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah, Elena's like, well, hold on. And Stefan's like, oh, come on. You're not going to kill her because he hasn't yet. So this is a fair bluff. But Damon kind of calls his bluff because he immediately runs over to Elena and he's like, oh, I'll do you one better. And he makes Elena drink his blood. And he's like, I'll turn her into a vampire. We're both going to have a little vampire girlfriend. And that scares Stefan because he knows that Damon won't kill Elena because that's really his main bargaining chip. But turning her into a vampire, like Stefan really doesn't want that because he like he knows what happened to Vicky when that happened. He doesn't want someone else drinking human blood. And he knows if she gets turned into a vampire, she's going to want human blood pretty early. Well, and he knows that she doesn't want to be a vampire. Yeah. Like they haven't even had that conversation yet. That's not something that she wants. Yeah. Like she's settling in now kind of to him being a vampire, mm-hmm. but- not really. So Damon says, give me the book or I'll snap your neck right now. She's got blood in her system. She'll be a vampire. And Stefan says, I'm not going to give you the book until you let Elena go. And Damon's like, yeah, I don't trust you anymore. That's the problem. And Stefan said, you've just done the one thing that ensures that you can trust me in this one instance because he doesn't want Elena to be a vampire. Stefan drops the book. Damon lets Elena go and they go their separate ways. Both a little unhappy with how the evening turned out. All three yeah. a little unhappy with the way the evening turned out. Yeah, certainly Elena's unhappy. Yeah, well, Elena's like, so I almost got you into a vampire and Damon still got the grimoire. So what was all this for? And now he hates both of us. Yeah, and now Damon wants to kill me. So what was the point of this little plan, Stefan? <laughs> What's that? Uh, that TikTok sounds like, who was that little performance for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, Stefan spent this whole episode basically just trying to prevent Damon from getting the grimoire and failing. And he ended this episode giving Damon the grimoire. Elena, you're on the wrong team, mama. Yeah. I mean, Damon's going to probably win because love is on his side. Well, love is on Stefan and Elena's side too. They love each other. I would argue more love is on Damon's side. Sure. No, I mean like no shade, but he's known Catherine longer. I mean, and he's, well, he's, he knew her for maybe the same amount of time, but he's been idealizing her for 150 years. So he hasn't known her. He's known the idea of her. Yeah, and he's in love with that idea. <laughs> yeah. More than Elena or Stefan are in love with each other, I would argue. Well, maybe more than Elena's in love with Stefan. I think that's a leap. I guess that's fair. Again, my anti-Stefan tendencies are showing. You're projecting. I think Stefan and Elena are very much in love right now. I guess. The common enemy in Damon is really bringing them closer together. Yeah, that's true. Let me tell you, Stefan just saved Elena's life. Fear is nature's most powerful aphrodisiac. That is a fact. That's why she was like so ready to go after, what's his name, got staked. Noah got staked. Sure. After Dimwit got staked. Yeah, after Dimwit got staked. (laughs) So then we go back to 1864 where things are getting worse by the minute. There's a mob with torches running through town. And Giuseppe has like a muzzle on Catherine up where he trapped her. And Damon runs in and he's like, no, let her go. Like, don't do this. And Giuseppe's like, hey, if you're a sympathizer, they'll kill you. And Damon's like, let me fucking die then, dude. Yeah. He's like, I won't die for the Confederacy, but I will die for Catherine. Yeah. He's like, I'll die for vampires. Dang. Giuseppe pretty much ignores that comment. (laughs) He's like, honestly, Damon, I really don't care about anything that comes out of your mouth. I can't stand you. He's like, I'm busy killing a bunch of vampires. But anyway, go off. I thought I couldn't hate you more. And then now you're in love with a vampire. Get out of my sight. Yeah, he's like, you are truly the worst son I could ever imagine. And Stefan's here. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, Stefan's not much better, but. He's like, but you're significantly worse. He's like, I literally hate my sons. Anyway, I'm going to take your girlfriend now. Yeah. And then we cut over to the Gilbert house. 
Stefan is comforting Elena after what has been a hard night. Stefan says, you know what? Damon was right. This is my fault. I did turn Catherine in unwittingly. And he sums it up perfectly in that he says that he had put his faith in his father, but Damon had put his faith in him. And so he broke Damon's trust, even though, again, I would argue he didn't mean to with his actions. He just did something foolish. But at the end of the day, he still broke Damon's trust, whether he meant to or not. Intent is irrelevant. It ended in his girlfriend dying or being put in a tomb. Well, I think this is interesting because I I talked about this a little earlier that, you know, kind of the idea of Damon trusting that Stefan would get Catherine out of the tomb felt odd to me when he first did it. But then with this, it was like, okay, well, Stefan indirectly, perhaps, but you could argue Stefan put her in the tomb. So it would make Mm -hmm. sense that he would want to atone by getting her out of the tomb. So it made more sense of like why this kind of trade seemed at least partially realistic to Damon. I think Damon was always a little concerned, but he definitely was like, okay, well, there is a reason this could be happening. So that Mm -hmm. made it a little clearer to me. It's at least logical. Meanwhile, back in 1864, they are carrying Catherine into like uh, some kind of wagon cage hybrid. Yeah. And Stefan goes up to Damon and he's like, hey, Damon, calm down. We're going to get Catherine back. And Damon's like, this is your fucking fault. And Stefan's like, I didn't think this would happen. And Damon's like, well, it did. And after, you know, Elena and Stefan are talking about this, we see that flashback. Elena says, you didn't do anything wrong. Disagree. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my question. Do you think he did anything wrong? You know, I think he kind of unwittingly led his dad to this. And I guess he couldn't have known that this is how it was going to go. But I think there's this kind of sibling camaraderie of like Damon being like, you can't tell him like I need to be able to trust you that Stefan broke that I think Mm -hmm. puts him in the wrong. Like, I think regardless of what the results are, Damon trusting him and he just took it upon himself to do what he thought was right even though he told Damon he would do what Damon thought was right. Mm -hmm. I guess. Again, I do think that Stefan was trying to do what he thought was right within the confines of his promise to Damon, and it just backfired. But here's my follow-up question. Do you think the result would have been different if Stefan didn't do this? Do you think Catherine would have gotten caught regardless? Oh, I think Catherine would have gotten caught regardless, yeah. Yeah, and that, and I mean, I know that's hard for Damon and Stefan to argue because that's not really what they're arguing about. But it is like, but I think you could argue that she had more of a chance if she wasn't trapped in the Salvatore house, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say if Stefan hadn't told his dad, maybe it would have taken long enough that she would have turned both of them and left town before they caught her. Maybe. Yeah. Which I'm sure, again, Damon has had like 150 years to think about all these what ifs, and it builds up on that. Yeah, I mean, we're speaking in hypotheticals. There's no way of knowing, because I do think that Based on the behaviors we see from Giuseppe in this episode, he brought Catherine in. He was playing croquet with her. I don't think he knew Catherine was a vampire. Obviously, the compass would have found her. Yeah. But they only had one compass. They obviously didn't find all of them because Anna got away. They clearly had the compass, but they don't, they didn't seem to know about them being able to walk around in daylight because obviously that wasn't in a journal. Yeah. They maybe should have journaled that later because obviously later Jonathan should have gone to his journal and went like, okay, so Pearl's a vampire. Um, I was surprised because I kept seeing her during the daytime. But nope, he didn't want to write that. <laughs> yeah, and like the compass is useful, but if there had been more vampires that they hadn't caught already on the compass, like they might not have won that fight. Yeah. So there's all these like what ifs, but yeah, they didn't find all the vampires, obviously, 
But I think Catherine was one who, because of her proximity to Stefan and Damon and Giuseppe, it would have been hard for her to get out of there at past a certain like point in time, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, if she had left town immediately after that, Giuseppe would have been like, I think she might've been a vampire. <laughs> yeah, but then he wouldn't have been able to do anything. Yeah, but he would have been like, oops, oh well. And then he'd yeah. be like, hey, where are my sons? Where's my fucking deserter son? Yeah, and the son I like a little bit more. But and the barely. other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's all hypotheticals. But yeah, at the end of the day, the way things shook out ended up being Stefan's fault, even if he didn't mean them to or want them to. Yeah, he started the the kind of domino effect. Well, and I think this is a also a crucial turning point of, you know, it seemed like early on in the show, you know, a lot of their sibling rivalry was all about fighting over Catherine. And it's clear now that their sibling rivalry is about like, Stefan exposing the vampires that clarifies the moment when we first found out about the tomb and they were fighting and Damon was like well we should let everyone out because like everyone has a chance to live and Stefan was like they're vampires we really shouldn't because they have those different philosophies on vampirism and I think it all comes back to this moment Mm -hmm. in 1864 yeah so then after that emotional weighty conversation Stefan goes downstairs to get Elena an aspirin because she has a headache from all the drama and the vampire blood, supposedly. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever. Um, And he's like, it'll leave your system, but let's have some aspirin. And so he goes downstairs and Jenna's like, you know, you can't spend the night. Ha ha ha. She razzes him. She's like, I like you, though. Yeah. And he's like, OK, cool. Can I have aspirin? Then Jeremy's like, oh, where'd she go? And Jenna's like, oh, I think she's in the bathroom. And Stefan's like, hold the phone. Who's she? Who's here? And Jenna's like, oh, Jeremy's friend Anna. And Stefan says, Anna, Anna, Anna. And then we we see some look go across his face. And then we go back to 1864, where Anna and Pearl are kind of off to the side and they are seeing Catherine get put in the carriage wagon, whatever. And Pearl's like, okay, Anna, go get Emily and stay hidden. And Anna's like, cool. And Pearl goes over to grab a horse, but Jonathan Gilbert comes up to flirt and he's like, isn't this exciting? It's like, there's a mob with torches, Jonathan. Could you cool it? Fucking white men. I know. He's like, isn't it cool? It's like, okay, we're burning people. And Pearl's like, ha ha, yeah, I gotta go. She's like, oh yeah, it's very exciting. And they're like kind of, she's covering it well. And honestly, she probably would have gotten away with it were it not for the compass in Jonathan Gilbert's hand. The compass points to Pearl and he's like, what? And she's like, what? (laughs) So they're looking at each other and you can tell Pearl's kind of like looking at him like, please just let me leave town. Like, don't you love me enough? You don't have to kill me. And then Jonathan looks her right in the eye and he's like, I found another one over here. And she's like, okay. And she starts to run, but she doesn't get very far. She gets shot. They grab her. Anna screams, but Emily's like, no, stay hidden. We got to get out of here. Emily's like, no, uh-uh. shut up. We got to go. Emily's like, it's okay. I'm going to protect them. I promise you they're going to be protected, which we know she put all of the vampires that were put in the church in the tomb to protect them all because she, to save one, she had to save them all, whatever, blah, blah. Yeah. In that moment, Stefan and Anna like look at each other because they're both scared or whatever. Yeah. And then that flashes to present day where Stefan, you know, makes the realization and then he runs upstairs. But of course, at this point, like five minutes have gone by. Yeah, it's too late. She ain't there. Elena is gone. The window is open and we can safely assume that Anna took Elena. Yeah. And that's where we end the episode, which I don't think this is going to happen. But if they decide to kill Elena, thanks, Damon. For giving us some vampire blood. I know. Yeah. At least she has some <laughs> vampire blood in her system so that if she were getting killed. Yeah. If they were killing her immediately, they would be in for a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it still wouldn't be great, but it would be like, 
Although I guess then then they'd immediately be like, oh, and then rip her heart out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What do you think Anna's taking Elena for? I think it's just kind of insurance, a hostage. I think she wants the tomb opened and she's like, look, you can have Elena back when the tomb is open. So then here's my follow-up question, which might change your answer to this first question. Why do you think Ben took Bonnie? I think they need Bonnie to open the tomb because they need a witch. Interesting. And I think they're... They don't know how far along Bonnie is in her like witch journey. But she's the only witch they've heard of. She's the only witch they've heard of. So they probably don't know. She probably has no idea how to open it. Like she could read a spell, but she may or may not do it. And I think also the Elena thing is handy. If Bonnie's like, no, I don't want to open this to me. They're like, well, then we'll kill Elena. So Elena's kind of doing hostage double duty is yeah. my guess. Elena's kind of insurance to get Bonnie <laughs> along for the ride. Yeah, I think Elena's going to get Bonnie to do it, but also get Stefan to not fight it, I guess. Damon wants it, so it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. about that. Damon's like, you can take them all. I don't care as long as Catherine comes with me. Yeah. So I think Elena is really a hostage for both Stefan and Bonnie to ensure that there are no more bumps in the road in getting this tomb Mm -hmm. open. So here's my question. Do you think they're going to get the tomb open? That is a great question. Do you think that's something we'll see? And if so, when do you think it's going to happen? Give an over under on when the tomb is going to get opened or if you think it's going to get opened at all. Well, I think it's going to get opened. Okay. At some point, because I'm pretty sure Catherine's going to be out and about making Elena's life difficult because that seems like something Catherine would do. I don't know when. I want to say, I feel like that's a really big moment. Mm-hmm. So I want to say season one finale, perhaps. Because we also have quite a bit of Founders Day things to do. We haven't really done any Founders Day events in a while. I know. Those will pick up again soon. But I just think because there's some complications of opening that tomb, not only like because there will be a shit ton of vampires, but also because I assume Catherine is not the only doppelganger in that tomb. Let's just say that. Interesting. That we don't know about yet? Yeah, I think there are going to be some vampires in there that look like some other people we know. And I think that's going to add some complications. And so I don't think it's going to get open super soon, although I don't know how they're going to... Maybe they'll be like, well, we're going to open it. And Bonnie's like, I literally don't know how. And so maybe they're going to have to train her in some way to do that. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to get open in the next episode, but I've been wrong. I've, I have I love to make guesses like, well, that seems like a really big thing to happen right now. And then it happens. So, yeah, you think the tomb will be open and you think it's probably going to be close. It'll be around the end of season one. That's my guess. Yeah, I think that's a good guess. Because I think Stefan tried to be like, oh, well, we'll only let Catherine out. But I don't think it's an option to only let like a one or two out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's going to be an all or nothing kind of deal. And I think also like Anna and Damon who want the tomb open and will probably be orchestrating most of this will be like, well, why don't we just let all the vampires out? Like, why would we stop a few more, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be a pretty big moment and reckoning to have that many vampires. Although if I had been sitting in a tomb that long, I'd be like, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, I'd be like, I want to get out of this town, mama. That's me. Maybe they all have a grudge. I'm done with this small podunk town. Yeah. Get me to New York City, baby. Yeah, I'm going to the Big Apple. <laughs> like, I'm going to fucking Hawaii. I need a vacay. Yeah, I'm going to fucking Paris. Assuming I have a daylight ring. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Walk around in a trash bag at the airport. <laughs> I've got an umbrella. I'm like, don't look at me. Yeah, just wear all black. Big glasses. Yeah. Little glaucoma glasses. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just sitting on the beach in Hawaii like, ah, one Mai Tai <laughs> croissant. And you have like your little wrist coming out between your glove and your sleeve. It's like, ow! <laughs> like, ow! <laughs> I just put the Mai Tai under my umbrella. Thank you. Yeah, under the umbrella. No, it's a little bit out. You're going to need to scoot it. Just carry an easy up with you everywhere you go. (laughs) 
I guess I could just go to any hotel in Hawaii and be like, I need a cabana. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Blocks every UV light. Yeah. I need a cabana and you're not allowed to open the door. Just put the Mai Tai outside the door every 30 minutes. Yeah. And there should be a mini cabana on my Mai Tai platform so that it's not in the sun. (laughs) Because I'm going to reach out. And I need a Mai Tai on a platform and a pair of tongs. Yeah. (laughs) Strong grip. Just, oh, I need a conveyor belt. There you go. Put a Mai Tai on, on the conveyor belt for me. I'll put my order out on the conveyor belt. You bring my order in on the conveyor belt. And then they're like, I'm on Vervain. What are you doing? And I'm like, in Hawaii? In Hawaii? Like, why'd you go Vervain here? God damn. Could you do it anyway, though? Please. But anyway, so that's the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, it's big drama with this tomb. It's got to open. I just, I think it would be awful soon if it opened next episode. It's a real Chekhov's tomb. You know, yeah. it's going to open. They have given us too much information about the tomb and shown us more than one person in the tomb. Imagine if season one ended and they were just like, I guess it's time to give up on the tomb. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, I mean, I think Catherine has to be back and she's going to fuck Elena's shit up. That's interesting. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, I put, I feel pretty good about that. If I was Catherine, I'd say, Damon, we're going to Hawaii. Yeah. I'd be like, get that little bitch to make me a daylight ring and let's go. And let's move it right (laughs) along. I got to go. Yeah, that is the problem that they'll open the tomb. Bonnie will take all her power to learn how to open the tomb. And all like 28 of them are going to be like, I need a ring. Like, hey, can can you make me a ring really quick? And she'd be like, I literally want to kill myself. She's like, first of all, I'm exhausted doing all this shit. I just got taken hostage to do this. And, I be- and I'm and i tired. I don't know how to do this. I'm sleepy. Can't I just float feathers and light candles? Yeah, I was having a lot more fun when it was simple. Mm-hmm. When I was just blowing up a car at a car wash. Take me back. <laughs> but that's the end of the episode. We've got a lot more exciting episodes up ahead. At this point, we are, that was episode 13. There are 22 episodes in the season, so we are more than halfway through season one. So things are crazy. ramping up, obviously. But it's crazy because it feels like that's so far into season one, but we still have so many episodes to go. So like, and we've seen a lot happens in a single episode of this show. Oh, yeah. We had two kidnappings in like the last 10 minutes of this episode. For now, thank you guys for listening. Remember to rate and review us on your listening platform of choice. Share with your friends who like the Vampire Diaries or who you think might like the Vampire Diaries. Newsflash should be everyone. <laughs> Newsflash, it's more likely than you think. And Stephanie, where can they find us on Instagram? They can find us at Doppelgangers Podcast. We'll post some highlights from each episode, some fun little memes, just some fun times to get you really excited about the show and the comedy that both of us are capable of. <laughs> it's a good follow. But for now, we'll see you next week in Mystic Falls. And goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. <laughs>